By the heart one believes and is justified, and by our hearts we're captured. Uh, we're captured by art and beauty, and specifically film. Welcome back to the By the Heart podcast, where we analyze our favorite movies, and we specifically talk about how every great story is full of gospel themes. Welcome my co-host Sean Lally. Sean, what's up? What's going on? We are here and we are recording amid the COVID-19 crisis pandemic. COVID-2020. COVID-2020. A little bit better than Coney 2012, if you ask me. (laughs) (laughs) I almost forgot about that. (laughs) Oh, man. Every great movie is full of gospel themes. We believe that. Um, So during the, the life of By the Heart podcast, expect us to talk about great movies like Shawshank Redemption and Godfather and Terminator Salvation. Can't forget about Terminator Salvation. Cannot forget about Terminator Salvation. There's nuance and subtlety to gospel thematic art, and we get a chance over the life of this podcast to uh, figure those out and get to talk about them. We love movies. Sean and I have watched probably 200 plus movies together. Would you say? That's a good number. I, I might push more than that, yeah. All right, 300 plus movies. 400? 500 plus movies. That's getting there. Together. For this episode, we will be talking about a childhood favorite. Absolutely. Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. Mm. Do you call it Pirates of the Caribbean or Pirates of the Caribbean? I call it both, and I look to see people's reaction to see if I'm wrong in their eyes one way or the other. Maybe not wrong, but less correct. What would be your initial thought? What did, what would you call it? Initially in high school, I called it Caribbean. And the older I've gotten, I call it Caribbean. If you're going to uh, that place in the world where you can vacation, what do you call it? Caribbean. I'm, the Caribbean. That's what I'm calling it. I think I say I'm going to the Caribbean. Ooh. Have you ever been? I've been to the Caribbean. Ooh. Have you? Yes, you have. I have. That's right. I you forgot. Got desperately ill in the Dominican <laughs> yeah, Republic. Lost once. eight pounds, yeah. That wasn't supposed to happen. No. Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl, directed by Gore Verbinski. Gore Verbinski, our boy. Oof. I remember 2003, I was 11 years old. I remember going to the theater and just being so excited as a child to watch this movie. Uh, It's a swashbuckling adventure. Nice word. I think swashbuckling has to do with pirates. I'm not sure, but... You think I know what that word means? (laughs) That's true. (laughs) I would assume you don't. Not a chance. Uh, So we got blacksmith Will Turner teams up with eccentric pirate Captain Jack Sparrow to save his love, the governor's daughter, from Jack's former pirate allies who are now undead. Mm -hmm. Man, this is such a good, fun movie. On the rewatch... Sean, I think we both agree that on the rewatch, it's just a fun movie. Yeah, it's light, it's easy, it's you don't have to pay super close attention to it, and you just want to be in it the whole time. Like, every scene, you're like, oh yeah, I remember this. Yeah. This is great. Oh, oh, this is like my 17th time watching this since 2010. This is amazing. <laughs> you can't beat it. Uh, one time, Sean and I and our roommates in college, we watched every single Pirates of the Caribbean in a row. To that point. Okay. There were only three to that point, but do we really count the last two? At World's End? I don't... Is that the one with Penelope Cruz? Yeah, I guess. That's not, no. that's not my movie. And the other one didn't really have any of the main characters in it. I so. loved J- Davy Jones. 
Davy Jones was awesome. Oof. Anyway. Tentacle face. We're doing Curse of the Black Pearl. Curse of the Black Pearl. Only the first movie. So just to recap on how we're going to walk through Curse of the Black Pearl and talk about um, the gospel themes in the movie, we're going to go through five categories. Uh, A character study and their defining gospel theme moments. We're going to talk about the time where you can get up and pee. While you go to when you're in the theater, this is the the moments that you can miss. Uh, the gospel quotes. These are the quotes in the movie that remind us of the gospel. Uh, the Jimmy V categories. This is where you laugh, think, and cry, and then by the heart. This is the category where Sean and I were gripped. Uh, the parts in the movie that made us love the movie. Why do we love it so much? Why mm-hmm. is it one that we want to rewatch? Mm-hmm. So with that being said, let's get into it. Our character study, our defining gospel theme moments, we have four characters for this podcast. Yep. Jack Sparrow, played by Johnny Depp. Love that guy. Obviously, mm, the best character? I don't know. He gets my vote, but I don't know. It's tough. They're all so good. Johnny Depp in Pirates of the Caribbean or Johnny Depp in Secret Window? Ooh, Secret (laughs) Window. Nice. That's a great one. I have vivid memories of Secret Window. I remember seventh grade. The cornfield. Uh, Elizabeth, played by Kira Knightley. Mm-hmm. She is the governor's daughter. Mm-hmm. Will Turner, played by Orlando Bloom. Mm-hmm. And Captain Barbosa, played by Jeffrey Rush. Spelled like Geoff. Not sure why. Is it French? I don't, I don't know. know. That's a great question. There was a, a kid that I grew up with that he spelled his name Geoff. And to this day, I still don't know why. Anyway, let's get into it. Jack Sparrow, played by Johnny Depp. This is the main... I don't even know. Is this even the protagonist? Like, what is he? Because he's kind of an antagonist. He's kind of a protagonist. It kind of leans both Do you know what a protagonist is? I'm aware of what a protagonist is. I had good English teachers in high school. Shout out to Mr. G. That's good. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I don't know. He kind of leans in between. Well, he kind of just goes, as we, we saw on the rewatches, he kind of just goes with his heart's desires. Yeah. Ooh. But you kind of see his heart desires start to change throughout the movie. Yeah, so Jack Sparrow, this is a great segue. Jack Sparrow has a compass that is revealed in the very kind of beginning of the movie by one of the king's uh, army's leaders. Um, and the compass doesn't point north. And what you find out over the movie, the course of the movie, and into the next movies, really... You find out that the compass leads leads anyone who holds it to their greatest desire, and it's a, it's a it's a metaphor for his heart. And so, one of the main things that uh, we see with Jack Sparrow is that um, wherever his heart is, he will do anything for it. He'll backstab. He'll play both sides. He'll um, he'll make you think that he's for you when he's really against you. All he really cares about is what his heart desires. Yeah, and you can kind of see that too, and I think they do that intentionally, the writers and the directors. They intentionally try to make you see, or I guess play a game with you. See if you can figure out, is his heart changing because he's actually caring about people, or is it just because he's selfish? Yeah, and you can feel that. Like As you're watching it, you can feel, you you want him to not betray the people that he shouldn't betray, like his crew, Yep. but he does. Yeah. You're just like, man. I thought you had it figured out, Jack, but he didn't. No, he doesn't. He does He has some redeemable moments. He does have some redeemable moments, but I think his most defining gospel theme moment is that Jack Sparrow's entire character 
It's him chasing his own desires and his own plans. Yep, I 100% agree. He worships his desires, and it leads him to making drastic and dangerous decisions that ultimately lead to his downfall. And his multiple downfalls yep. are because of his desires that he uh, worships. The question that I, I would ask the listener is, where is your heart's desire? Um, if you're listening to this and you're a Christian, you're probably here because you want to know how Pirates of the Caribbean points back to Jesus. And I would just ask you, is your, is your desire upon the face of Christ or something else? Look at, your, look at the compass of your life, which is your heart. Look at what it desires and what it goes after, what it uh, fights for. That's probably where um, your heart's desire is. Um, for Jack, it was the black pearl. Um, for the believer, it ought to be Jesus. So let's take a lesson from Jack Sparrow and let's give all that we can for Jesus and not for ourselves. Next, we have Elizabeth, who's played by Kira Knightley. She's kind of the innocent protagonist. <laughs> it, on the rewatch, as we already said, it's just a fun movie. There's just a bunch of nice, fun characters. Mm -hmm. It's kind of hard to say, aside from Captain Barbosa and his evil uh, pirates. Everyone else is kind of just in between. But I think on the rewatch, what I found was super interesting about Elizabeth is that she is an innocent governor's daughter, rich, got everything going for her. But she also is consumed by her own heart's desire. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's her defining moment. Her gospel theme defining moment is that she also is consumed by her own heart. Um, polarizing either pirate who sells out his crew or governor's daughter. They're both consumed um, by what they worship. And I think that's a really just perfect picture of what it means to be a human whoever you are wherever you are what you worship is what will consume you yep and um i don't want to give away my quote because my my gospel quotes are going to mm, kind of talk good. about that a little bit longer i'm glad you decided to save that no spoilers that's going to come during gospel quotes and with that being said let's move on to will turner played by orlando bloom every teenage girl's heartthrob mm-hmm did you love Orlando Bloom, too? Who doesn't love Orlando Bloom? Okay. Confession. I love Lord of the Rings. <laughs> and Orlando Bloom plays Legolas. And I'll tell you what. I swooned over Orlando Bloom. <laughs> and when I saw he was in this, I, I was reminded, ooh, yeah, Orlando Bloom, what a guy. I think every teenager wanted to be like Legolas. Is that what his name is? Legolas. I don't yeah. know. We watched it one time, and you, all of our friends talked the entire time. So I don't remember anything about Lord of the Rings. Yeah. That's for another time, though. Uh, well, it's better to know about Lord of the Rings if you pick up a book and read it. Ah, uh, but then you would have to read in order for that to happen. That's true. Something, I don't like to read. You're not great at it. Nope. But you're great at other things. Mm -hmm. Hugs. <laughs> friendship. <laughs> everything else in between. So Will Turner, played by Orlando Bloom. Um, Will Turner, it, you come to find out that he's a son. He's the son of um, one of one of Captain Barbosa's old pirates. Um, the very beginning of the movie, he washes up on uh, into the King's Army's boat, into the governor's boat, really. And Keira Knightley, a.k.a. Elizabeth, becomes really good friends with Will Turner. They take him in. He's got a pirate medallion around his, 
his chest. It really sets the, the theme for the whole movie. Uh, there's this curse that makes the pirates undead. You kind of find out about that later on in the movie. Um, but he is a son of a former pirate. And he's, he's just an endearing character because, like we said, he's got great eyes. And he does have great eyes. He's got great hair. Great hair. He wears a terrible hat at the end of the movie. He does. He does. You know what else? For the lack of facial hair he has, he's got pretty good facial hair. Yeah, he doesn't have a beard. No. Can't no, grow all. a beard. Got a baby face. Got a baby face. All right, let's stop analyzing this guy. <laughs> if you can't tell, we love Orlando Bloom. All right, go to the end of the movie and just look at his hat and get back to us. It's a terrible hat. It looks like he should have been a Three Musketeer. Yeah, it's, it's worse than D'Artagnan, for sure. Um, so... I think the redeeming gospel moment for Will Turner is uh, Will Turner becomes the servant savior for the people. Mm -hmm. There's a curse on all the pirates. Um, And the curse needs a blood-bought redemption, a blood-bought reverse. And Will Turner, who is the chosen son of his father, William Turner... He sheds his blood to reverse the curse. Not only does he shed his blood, but we come to find out that it it is only his blood that can actually reverse it. I mean, if this isn't gospel theme, (laughs) I don't know what is. It's as clear as it can be. The curse of humanity is sin, and it is only a blood-bought redemption that would change the curse. And that's the blood-bought redemption we have in Christ. Jesus' blood had to be shed to lift the curse of Adam. Yeah, and I think the cool thing about William Turner is that he wasn't going up there begrudgingly. He was willingly going there to take care of laying down his life constantly throughout the movie for Elizabeth, and I think eventually Jack, too. He's constantly laying down his life. He's doing it willingly. Yeah, that's great. And that's what Jesus did. Jesus' blood had to be shed, and not only did Jesus' blood have to be shed, but it was only Jesus' blood that... uh, would reverse the curse and it was only jesus's blood that beckons redemption he is the only way the only truth and the only life and jesus lays down his life will did the same Mm -hmm. so let's move on captain barbosa I wanted to do a Captain Barbosa impression. I decided it'd be better if I didn't. Sean, give us your limited fake Captain Barbosa. Limited fake Captain Barbosa. Arr. <laughs> That's terrible. That's all I got. I couldn't remember any of his lines. I've got Lassie. That's it. No, that's bad. What does he say to uh, What does he say to Elizabeth when she realizes that they're all cursed? He says. Uh, he says uh, something about a, a fairy tale. No, he said you best start believing in ghost. <laughs> you better start believing in ghost tales, Missy. You're in one. Yeah, it's such a good line. It's delivered at such a perfect point in the movie. So, Captain Barbosa, pretty explanatory. He is the imprint of evil. Yep. Uh, he's leading a legion of evil pirates to steal, kill, and destroy. Yeah, and I think as a human in general, he's just completely overtaken by the lust of the flesh. Yeah. Lust of the eyes. And we're going to get, in our quotes, we're going to probably talk about that a little bit but no you're right uh, but that's what he does by it because of his lust for power and um for greed for greed he becomes consumed by it in the same way that satan was and yep. was uh excommunicated from heaven he satan 
all he wants to do is steal, kill, and destroy. John 10.10 says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And that's what Satan is trying to do. But Jesus continues on and says, but I came to give life abundantly. So we see Jeffrey Rush playing Captain Barbosa as this person who wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And um, yeah, it's a great contrast throughout the movie, as you see that he is pure evil Mm -hmm. in this movie. Yeah. Category number two, again, time to pee. (laughs) The moment when you decide, I've had too much to drink, I need to go to the bathroom. For me, there's this moment after Barbosa and his crew realize that Elizabeth's blood isn't going to lift the curse. And there's this little bit of like uninteresting dialogue that happens after that that has really nothing to do with the plot. You're not going to miss out anything if you get up and, and go to the bathroom real quick. And it's like, it's kind of extended too. So like you, you can, you'll be all right taking your time. It takes a while before they realize they need Will's blood, not Elizabeth's blood. What is your movie theater drink of choice? Oh, Coke. Just regular Coke? Regular Coke. I mean, if they had vanilla Coke, I think that's the best soda ever created. But at movie theaters, mostly it's going to be Coke. It's going to be Coke almost 100% of the time. Wow. Sometimes I go with water. If we had Chick-fil-A right before we went to the Cinemark, I'll probably go with water. Still not sponsored by Chick-fil-A. Still not, but we're hoping. We're hoping. Um, The time that I can get up and go pee, I found out that this movie is two hours and 23 minutes. Did you remember (laughs) it was that long? No, I had no idea. Like, that's a Quentin Tarantino almost. Yeah. Like, ah, just a little bit too long for me. I mean, I love long dramas, but this is, I don't really love long adventures. And the reason why, the, the way that they make these movies long, I'll just go out and admit it now, I don't love cheesy action movies, mm. but the way they make the movies longer is they make way too long action scenes. Yeah. And I, I love action movies. This is probably our biggest difference as friends is I love cheap action movies, but I agree. This one, the fight scene, what fight scene is it? The last fight scene is like 20 minutes long. Yeah, it's too long. There's not really a, a whole lot going on. I would agree. It's just not my thing. Um, I I almost think that in every fight scene in every movie that isn't Oscar nominated, you could go to the bathroom. Like I'm that much like this is worthless. There's some cool. There is some good stuff in this one though. I think initially when the two guys are rowing out and they're dressed up like ladies. Yeah, that's true. I think that one was pretty cool. He turns around and shoots the gun. It hits the guy in the hat. Oh yeah. And his hat flies off. And as they turn around to look at his hat, there are all the other pirate skeleton cursed guys climbing up the ship about to attack them and then the fight starts so like as that fight starts that's a great opening and i think there's a couple other cool spots in it but again it's too long yeah but then there's 19 minutes of fighting yeah it's not entirely necessary like how many cannons are there seriously way too many cannons way too many cannons you can only put forks in the cannon too many times and let that be funny (laughs) yeah i think the fork in the cannon stopped being funny when i was 15 (laughs) but i kind of laughed tonight Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah By the Heart Podcast, sponsored by nobody. Again, nobody. Still nobody. But I have good news. Uh, my dad listened to 10 minutes of our Jojo Rabbit. Oh my gosh, he gave us 10 minutes. That's awesome. I was in the car with him and wow. he chuckled. Oh, he chuckled. So, wow. Possibly sponsorship coming. Wow, Dr. Kasari. Probably not. Oh, let's see. You're going to put music over this this time? Did I not last time? Nope. No music. Oh, yeah, maybe. And our third category is our gospel quotes. We alluded to some of these earlier in the podcast, and I'm actually really excited for this category, this go-around. We've got 
Um, we're going to keep them brief, but we have a few that are just kind of, wow, that's, that's really good. Um, so I'm just going to kick it off. Um, young Elizabeth, in the beginning of the movie, this is good. she's uh, on the boat with her, actually a ship with her father and... Um, the Commodore who the, weirdly attempts to marry her in the movie even though he's like 10 years older than her. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Yeah, it was really I don't think weird. that aged very well. No, that did not age well. It was probably accurate for that time frame. I the very beginning of the movie, there's a Commodore who is there on the ship who's definitely an adult. He is a full-grown man. He's a Commodore. And Elizabeth's a child. What's a Commodore? Uh, some sort of uh, high-ranking official? Sounds good. Anyway. Mostly on boats? Yes. Okay. In the King's Army. Sounds good. Or something. All right. Anyway, so uh, Elizabeth grows up, and then all of a sudden he's proposing to her. And it's kind of like, yeah, that's a little awkward. Yeah. Back to gospel quotes. So they're on the boat. She's young, and her father's afraid of pirates. They, they find Will. He's a pirate. Um, she sees the black pearl, and... Her dad kind of warns her and says she doesn't want to talk about these dangerous things, pirates. And she answers and says, well, I am quite fascinated by the conversation. And I kind of got chills when I rewatched it. It reminded me that, well, one, she's very much enticed by danger and the reality of sin. And it's just a great picture of the state of all of humanity. We're born into sin. David writes in Psalm 51 that he was born into sin, in his mother's womb. Paul said that none of us are righteous, no, not one, without Christ. It is just reality that humans are bent towards sin, bent towards rebellion. And um, Elizabeth, who is fascinated by pirates, she's confronted by pirates as an adult, and they hold her captive. So the very thing that most fascinated Elizabeth also imprisoned her. And the thing that most fascinates you, you will also be a slave to it. I mean, that's just reality. That's, that's nature. That's, that's what we see in, in history. The things that entice us, the things that fascinate us, are the things that we're slaves to. And Jesus talks about this. He, there's something good about being a slave to righteousness because it's what fascinates you, obeying God in, in living a life full of joy. And Elizabeth is enticed by something a little more dangerous. I think that's a actually a great segue into the quote that I had. At some point in the movie, Will looks at Jack and he says, this is either madness or brilliance. And Jack responds, it's remarkable how often those two traits coincide. And when I saw that, or when I heard that quote, what I initially thought of was that when I see people who are really living by faith, that are really trusting like deep down in their gut in their bones that god's going to take care of them it honestly it either looks like madness or brilliance and i can't figure it out sometimes really so i remember when i was younger when i was a, a new christian like i would never do that that seems insane why would that christian person do that and then once i started to dive into the gospels and realize that we're called to be faithful in moments where it seems like that's got to be madness it's it is brilliant. It's faith. It's trusting and believing that God's going to take care of you regardless of the circumstance. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's what being sold out looks like. If you're sold out for anything, to people you're going to look like you're mad, and to other people you're going to look like you're brilliant. And um, that's why Jesus is so polarizing, because um, he asks you to give everything. So you, you're running the risk most times in people thinking that you're mad. 
Yep. Um, and then I've got a quote by Captain Barbosa when we find out that he's cursed. And he, he says, and I won't do his accent, but I wish I could. Mm-hmm. But he says, the drink would not satisfy. Food turned to ash in our mouths. Nor the company in the world would harm or slake our lust. We are cursed men, Miss Turner. Compelled by greed we were, but now we are consumed by it. Oof. We, yeah, we were watching that on the rewatch and looked at each other like, yep, that's an incredible quote. That is so good. I think the thing that is so great about it is he talks about how he, he goes from being compelled by something to being consumed by it. And that is on both ends of the spectrum, whether the righteousness of God or sin it, it, it will start with being compelled, and it will end with being consumed. And we know that when it's sin, the consumption of sin leads to death. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, what, that's the picture of these pirates. They, they are living in a place where they are eternally dead. And that's not a place that any of us want to be. Nope. Um, really fascinating how many gospel quotes we could have pulled out of this. I, I think a few... Probably 20 minutes in the movie, I remembered that uh, this movie is much better when I was 11. <laughs> but, yeah, it's it's a, it's deeper than I thought. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. I think some parts of it haven't aged quite as well, but... Like Commodore? Yeah, Commodore did not age well. I, I'd be curious to know what the writers were thinking on that one. Yeah. Could have done without that. Could have done without it. All right, second to last category, the Jimmy V moments. The moments that made you laugh, the moments that made you think. The moments that made you cry. If you laugh and you think and you cry every single day, that is a complete day. And then it's uh, in the Jimmy V speech, you see Chris Berman just nodding his head. <laughs> Boomer. <laughs> rah, rah, rah. <laughs> oh my gosh. If you've never seen that, you, you have to go watch it. But if you've ever watched ESPN during When's Jimmy V Week? I have no idea. It's the beginning of basketball season. I so thought Jimmy like, V Week was every week on ESPN. <laughs> yeah, it's like late October, early November. It's probably it's probably November. Sometime in November they do Jimmy V Week, and they always replay the Jimmy V speech. And every time it's on, you have to watch it because it doesn't matter if you like sports or not. It it's relevant incredible. to you. It's a beautifully written speech. If you've never seen it, go to YouTube and type Jim Valvano, spelled just like it sounds, <laughs> and then type in speech. <laughs> It's, uh, a, it's amazing. And the guy dies, like, shortly thereafter. I think so, yeah. Yeah. It's funny. It, it'll, it'll make you laugh, think, and cry. That's right. It's a beautiful speech. All right. Talk to me about the things that made you laugh. All right. The things that made me laugh. Honestly, the best, the thing that made me laugh the most was when Jack Sparrow says, he wakes up and he says, but why is the rum gone? <laughs> it's, it's the funniest part of the movie. It's the most, I don't know if it's the most quotable, but I think it's the most quotable. Um, really just Jack Sparrow in general. His lines, his wit, his responses, his facial, facial expressions, everything he does is so goofy and funny. I would argue that we've never seen a character like this. A pirate who was so admirable that you just kept watching and you stayed intently uh, focused on his expressions. Yeah, his expressions really kind of just, I think I remember leaving the movie theater as a kid and saying, wow, that guy can act. Yes. Uh, but what about when he played in The Lone Ranger? Oh, I actually love The Lone Ranger. Oh, critics did not. Yeah, Lone Ranger is terrible. It's not good, but oh, I love such it. Such a bad movie. Uh, <laughs> once again, Sean loves terrible action movies. You gotta, you gotta love terrible action movies. They're fun. All right, honestly, for me, 
I was laughing at the bad cinematography. Uh, it just was like, <laughs> okay, so one of the scenes, Will is tied up, and a pirate comes with a sword. Like, this guy's whole profession is to be a pirate. And so he has, He should be good at killing people. Yeah, he should be great at it. Well, he winds up over top of his head, and Will turns around, and of course the guy slices perfectly right down into the guy into his wrist ropes, <laughs> cuts the cuts the ropes, and then Will's free. It's like, wow, Disney, that's about as bad of a scene as I've ever seen. Maybe Will was just that good of an athlete. What sport do you think Will Turner would be great at? Okay, that's a great question. If Will Turner was an athlete and a if he was living in 2020, he wasn't a pirate, and he lived in American America. sports. American sports. Ooh, he looks like a soccer player. He does look like a soccer player, but I'm going to go with American sports. He would be a quarterback. Soccer's not an American sport. Well, <laughs> not one anybody cares about. That's true. I would say he's a quarterback because of how good looking he is. Has to be. Or he's a center fielder for how good looking he is. Yes. <laughs> Great decision. <laughs> Should we move on from talking about how good looking he is? Nope. All right. <laughs> so the moments that made me think. Uh, it's kind of a common theme in our gospel quotes, but the moments that made me think the most were just uh, all of, almost all of the characters in the whole movie are going after what their heart desires. It's a pretty selfish movie. Yeah, it's very selfish. Like, every character is selfish. Yeah. Besides Will. Yeah. And, but even he is a little bit because he wants Elizabeth. Yeah, that's true. He wants her. That is his heart's desire. Yeah, I think... It probably talks. It probably taps in a little bit deeper to humanity than we even thought. But I mean, I think I'm going to be thinking about that for a while. Well, you saw that they were all selfish, and when I was watching the movie, I saw that they all had inner dialogue about their loyalty to one another. Like they all clearly were having a, a debate within their own mind about how where should I be selfish and where should I be loyal to this person. So I thought that was one of the sub themes of the movie was that they were all having an inner debate about what should we do? Should I should I help this person? Or should I take whatever I want? They kind of had conflict, inner conflict. Yeah, they had a lot of conflict. Yeah, I mean, and I think that's really human. That's absolutely, that's, I think that's the idea of the war of the f- flesh and spirit. Yeah, yeah, and for our podcast, that's perfect. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, did you cry in this movie? I did not cry in this movie, but I did have something that like made me hurt a little bit. All right, what's your hurt moment? My hurt was the insecurity of the Commodore Norrington, how it turns oh. into prideful decisions he's not a pirate he's not a liar he's not a deceiver he's not cheating he's not cheating like a pirate would but his pride causes him to make some rash decisions that don't necessarily shout integrity at all like so they're supposed to be on the other side being the good people they're supposed to be the ones that are the good examples that are setting the right standards and the pirates are supposed to be the terrible people but you don't root for the the king's army you want them to lose because they're terrible and they're selfish yeah, wow. Yeah, that's really good. I didn't cry. That's something that, that's kind of like a Bon Jovi shot to the heart. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. to blame. Yeah, I didn't cry either. It just made me, I would say, think a little bit deeper and hurt a little bit more. Yeah, and I think the, I don't think either of us really are going to cry in most of these movies, except for I did cry in Little Women. <laughs> and I, I remembered that I also cried in this movie called Wonder. Oh, about this little deformed boy who goes to school. Yeah, I haven't watched it because I don't want to cry. I think anybody who watches it and doesn't cry needs a hug. Yeah, yeah, that's what I've heard. All right, uh, we're going to move on to our very last K 
category. This is our by the heart category. It's the category that captured our hearts. Um, I've only, I mean, I think I have a few, but how many do you have? I just have one. All right. Well, I just, it's kind of a general. Okay. Well, let me share and then you share. Yeah, you go ahead. Um, okay. So I have some particulars. Uh, here are some of my particulars. When Jack Sparrow jumps into the sea after Elizabeth uh, in the very beginning, he kind of is like, okay, he's a pirate and he sees a girl fall into the sea. He has a plan too. He's trying to get out of he's there. He's trying to escape. By stealing a boat. Yeah, and instead he goes and saves a woman. Kind of shows like... Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, wow. He's a, kind of a good pirate. Um, when the pirates turn into skeletons in the moonlight and we find out that they're cursed, I remember as a kid I was like, "Yeah, what? This is amazing. That's such a good moment. I need more popcorn. Um, Will shedding his blood for his friends. I just thought it kind of caught me off guard because I didn't know it was going to happen. Uh, at the very end of the movie. And then uh, every time Jack Sparrow did something hilarious, <laughs> I was just like, yeah, he's without Johnny Depp, this movie kind of just falls flat. Yeah. I remember hearing when I was a kid that Johnny Depp never does sequels. And I remember after watching the first one thinking, there's no way they can't do another one. <laughs> he's too good. He's unbelievable. Wait, was there a secret window too? Oh my gosh, I don't know. We have to look it up. <laughs> All right, what's your by the heart moment? I don't know if I necessarily had a moment, but I just thought the movie in general, uh, when I watch it, like my heart is just so light. I feel happy when I watch it and I want to travel or go for an adventure somewhere. And that's exactly how I want my life to feel. And I think it ties back into the, the parallel that that's the freedom that Christ calls us to on a daily basis. So we're probably not going to go on a Caribbean adventure or a Caribbean adventure. <laughs> whichever you prefer to call it. But um, we, unfortunately for some of us, I guess in our perspective, we have to grind every day eight to five or whatever your schedule looks like. Um, and that might be hard. And sometimes these movies are great escapes, but Christ calls us to that freedom. Paul tells us that in Galatians, that we're called to freedom uh, by Jesus. And so it's beautiful. And when I watch this, that kind of what makes me think is, man, this movie's just light. Mm. It's fun. It's happy. It makes me want to go do something. It is. It's super fun. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us on this episode of By the Heart. Remember, Jesus is Lord, and where your heart is, that's what you worship. And if you worship anything other than Christ, it will lead to your destruction. But if you worship Jesus, it will lead to full, soul-satisfying joy. Um, Amen. Seek after him. And he will find you. Um, subscribe. Tell one of your friends about us. Um, talk to Chick-fil-A if you know them. That'd be great. Uh, with that being said, see you next time. Later. Later.